Where we are igniting you to transform humanity. Transform humanity. Transform humanity. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Change Element Podcast, where we are igniting you to transform humanity. This is the intersection of entrepreneurs, leaders, and visionaries, where we come together to talk about big ideas and small steps. It's where insight and action meet. The hosts of this brilliant show are Stephen Maul, Tim Bartlett, and me, Corey Damon. Today's episode is episode eight, and Tim Bartlett will be our navigator. Today's episode is titled Kryptonite. A fun word to say, like JJ and good times. Dynamite! Today is Kryptonite. And today, what we're going to learn about Kryptonite. Just like Superman, Kryptonite robs him of his power, but not his good looks. Remember that. It does rob him of his power. And so we are going to take a look at the kryptonite that robs individuals and organizations of their power to thrive and move forward with great momentum. So prepare yourself for change in episode eight. You know, I I just started, I'm on a trial of Audible right now, and I know I'm kind of late to the game. Do you guys, do you guys listen to books on this? No, I haven't. No. Okay. So there's this this technology, this thing that's out there in the world called Audible, and there's audiobooks.com too. So I, I don't want to, you know, discriminate. <laughs> so you, whatever you want, but I'm listening to audiobooks for the first time and man, I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I hesitated to jump into this because I like to take notes and highlight different areas and, and write in books or on the Kindle, whatever. So I, I thought, well, if I just listen to it, my memory's not the best. So I'm not going to remember any book that I listened to, but actually I really love the medium. Uh, so check it out if you get a chance. Nice. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes too. Huh. That's really cool, Corey. Like, do you find like, does it go faster than when you actually read or like how does, yeah, the speed go? Yeah. It's, it's so much faster to, to get through a book. Uh, I mean, you can listen, well, it depends on how long the book is obviously. Right. But mm-hmm. you know, in, in five, six hours, you're done with the book. So wow. much quicker nice. than me trying to read it. And you can, you know, do it one, the speed at one time or one and a half or two times. So you can speed it up as well. That is. Oh, that's cool. Or you can slow <laughs> it down <laughs> as well. So that's the pace that I read at what you just did right now. So I need five <laughs> or six hours to finish a chapter, let alone a book. Steven, what's, what's new with you? I would try to uh, maybe do a, 10x you know version and try to get through the book in an hour or so um just to try to you know be as efficient and productive as possible but um no what i uh recently started doing this week was uh i dove a little more into my uh camera because i've been going on a few hiking trips recently and like i i bought a dslr camera which you know is supposed you know and i've had it for a while and i've always used like the automatic settings on it you know because i've been overwhelmed by like like the manual settings and whatnot but uh no matter 
what like because it was so bright during the hikes like all the pictures just came out like super washed out like the shadows were super dark and like the the uh, sunlight was like super bright and so so none of the pictures really captured like how amazing the scenery was and so I decided to spend a couple hours watching like YouTube videos and reading blogs and everything and I taught myself how to use like the manual settings on a camera so like the aperture the shutter speed the ISO like adjusting all those manually for each shot and it takes a little longer and there is a learning curve but it's so it's it's actually kind of fun like being able to to do that and like like get the right shots and being able to like you know how the photographs come out really nice so yeah that's been really fun for dude me. that's awesome I can't I can't wait to see some of those photos man I hope you share them Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh huh. Not going to. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, today's episode is uh, titled Kryptonite, and uh, it's it's called that because one, I'm I'm a pretty big Superman fan. I I, I know that I'm not alone in this, uh, but you know when I think about. Uh, Superman, I just, I never not think about kryptonite. Uh, like here's this, here's this guy, this, this alien, right? Who is completely indestructible. Um, you know, from everything in the universe, except this one thing, right? Kryptonite. And, and so I, I thought about that and, and I was thinking about, um, uh, you know, just in my own experience uh, working and leading in organizations, uh, that organizations have a kryptonite as well. Um, even the best organizations that seem to thrive, uh, you know, no matter what the environment may be, uh, there is a kryptonite. And, and so that's what I want to unwrap today. So, uh, you know, I, I remember uh, several years ago, I had been called on to to help a uh, provide consulting and some oversight for about ten different retail retail stores uh, throughout a kind of a spread out region uh, here in Southern California. And uh, the reason I was asked to do that is because uh, these stores were were struggling with uh, some key performance measurements, uh, certain aspects of their business, and just they kind of had this this. Uh, history of, of kind of underperforming in this area. And so um, I had had some success helping other groups of stores. And so I was called upon to help help these stores. And so when I went and spent time with these teams and with these leaders, uh, I began to see uh, over and over again, uh, a very clear cut theme. And, and that was that uh, each each of these, uh, these stores, these leaders had just a ton of different priorities. And depending on when you asked them or what day of the week it was, their priorities were completely different. And there was just no consistency whatsoever. And, uh, you know, not just in, in this environment, but I've seen this over and over again, um, that inconsistency is that kryptonite for every organization. I mean, it is the thing that will weaken an organization even when nothing else seems to be able to weaken an organization, inconsistency will. So inconsistency is that kryptonite. Now I know that sounds like a, a, a kind of a bold statement, and it's that's a that's a, a statement that I've used, I've coined because I really believe it's true, and it's true for the smallest organizations. But I would say that the larger your organization is, the more true this becomes. Now. For you guys, uh, Stephen, let's start with you. I mean, you've you've worked in some, you know, huge organizations in the past, um, and you've worked for some smaller ones. Uh, man, when you think about this, like, you know, 
think about like uh, just what, what you've seen, whether people you've worked with or worked for. Have you seen this issue of consistency come up? Yes, definitely. Um, I've seen it. Uh, how it impacted me directly where um, I, I was working for an organization once and my director was kind of all over the place. Like he would always want to start these new things and these new initiatives. And he'd always send me on like these rabbit trails of like, Hey, let's try this. Hey, let's try that. And that, that, that. And, and it gets so like crazy that I would every week I was like starting something new. I'd like research a new you know opportunity and I'd start it. But then the problem was, it, it just never, you know, panned out where like it, we never completed it because the following week we'd have something new again. And because we were operating in that way of just always, you know, uh, jumping on the newest things and never having like a set strategy or, you know, a consistent thing, a way of doing things. It was always just random. Like I just got burnt out. I got frust- so frustrated yeah. because like basically you lose like without consistency, you lose energy, you know, when you're all like when surprises like some surprises are good you know a surprise once in a while is wonderful but when you're constantly getting (laughs) surprises and there's nothing like reliable that you can know that you can kind of build off of and I think that's the main thing it's it's having reliability that then you can get comfortable with and you can build off of it but because we never had set like a good foundation for marketing and it was just like uh, trying things at random like you know there was no foundation and so in addition to that, we never really grew all that much. We never really made progress because I was just wasting my time and energy on all these like new things. Yeah, man, I, that's that's such a great a great uh, example. Like when you said consistency, like you know, it, it sort of you know. I guess sucks out the energy. I mean, I think that's a great way to put it. Corey, for you, man, like you've been a director of operations in a, a pretty sizable company. Um, you've started uh, companies and, and some of those companies, you've had smaller teams. Um, where have you seen this this sort of issue of consistency or, or inconsistency rather come up? Uh, yeah. So you're, you mean besides my own life, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Besides, you know, maybe the, you know, the, the inconsistency that you yourself bring. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I, I would say that, uh, inconsistency on an individual level can be kryptonite as well. Um, but yeah, in organizations, so I'll start with the first one. I was working in a call center at one point in my life, which is, man, those of you that are working in a call center right now, bless your heart. And hopefully you get out of that soon. Uh, but I was in this call center and there were some executive changes that happened. And so as new executives came in, you know, they want to, they want to tweak things. They want to make things their own. And so things would be tweaked, but then it's kind of like learn on the go for these guys. And so us as sort of, you know, the, the minions, we're just trying to carry out our orders. It was so difficult to carry out those orders or, or to, uh, hit our targets, uh, that we had to hit because the, it was like a moving target. Things were changing so often. And so at some point, look, we're the ones talking to customers. And if, if we're not able to really understand and know, what we need to communicate, then, and how does that ultimately affect 
the, the, the company as a whole, you just have people that are burnt out. They don't know what to say. They're fumbling over their words. They're, you know, kind of, uh, talking out of both sides of the mouth and it, it really just didn't look good. And it was a, a bad atmosphere to be in. And, and so that the inconsistency in, in that particular example, um, what it did to the employees is it, it just, it made everybody just feel like, well, look, the, the executives don't know what they're doing. And so I'm not going to care anymore. I'm not going to put in the time, the effort to really try and, and understand this and grasp it. So it was detrimental to the company as a whole. Yeah, man, absolutely. And and I think that we've all um, unfortunately have experienced those times. And I, I know our listeners out there, I'm sure that resonates with them too. Um, you know, when I was helping these these stores out, uh, one of the things that we did is we just we simplified stuff and and we really just tried to hone in on the three you know most important uh, results or objectives that we needed to go after and uh, and kind of you know not that you can just afford to get rid of everything else but understanding that those three objectives are the highest priority and then you continue to to focus on those and then once we've you know achieved those you know we can start to focus on other things and. I think that a lot of times that whether as individuals or even as leaders, especially we forget how long it takes to actually build a habit or to really establish a behavior. Um, you know, both both you and uh, Stephen and, and Corey, you guys have have, have done a lot of work in, in helping others um, develop you know habits and routines, and you guys do that for yourselves. Uh, just you know ballpark it like for each of you like how long how long does it take you guys each to uh you know really develop a habit or a behavior that sticks steven how uh, why don't you start well see here's the thing tim i can help other people develop habits but i can't do it for myself so i don't know what to do there um yeah like i i think with habits it really does depend on how big or how significant of a change it has to be. Um, so, so a habit that I developed recently was uh, uh, make cooking eggs for myself every morning uh, for breakfast, eggs and toast, because I, I knew like my my breakfast was always inconsistent. You know, like I sometimes I eat, sometimes I'm not, sometimes I just like snack a little bit, and I knew like it was really really important for me to have just a consistent like breakfast, you know, every single day. And so I thought like, okay, I'm going to slim that down. Like, so that I don't even have to think about what to have for breakfast every morning. I'm just going to have eggs. Um, and randomly side note where I got this from was I was watching an episode of uh, daredevil on Netflix and it, there's a montage of one of the villains who would, uh, it was a super successful kind of like crime boss kingpin type person and it showed this montage of every morning he'd wake up and he'd like shower then he'd like cook his uh crack his eggs and you know eat his simple egg breakfast and he'd get dressed and then he'd go out and do his evil master plan and for some reason that inspired me to to make eggs every morning for breakfast so that's what i started doing um yep that sounds about right and i've been doing that pretty consistently for almost a month now but um to be honest, like this past week, uh, I haven't, I missed like a couple of days and, and it was like really hard to like kind of get back onto that. And so, um, I've heard a lot of, you know, say, say like, yeah, like you need a month to like really develop that habit, but even more, uh, you know, to, to continue that habit. Like if you miss, like, it's so easy to fall off track. So if you miss a day, like it's important, like the very next day, like jump right back on, 
Um, because it, it, it takes a month to, I'd say, develop the habit, but it takes even longer than that, like a couple months to solidify the habit where if you miss it, you actually feel the pain of missing it. Because when I started missing it the past couple of days, it wasn't a big deal for me. You know, like it's like, oh, I, you know, didn't do my egg breakfast. And then like it, it was hard to like try to get back on track. So you need to do it for even longer than that to like actually feel the weight of missing out on that habit that you just jump right back in the next day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I, I think you brought up a great point about the fact that, hey, you know, even if, if we can uh, develop a habit or behavior in, you know, a month or so, uh, kind of the minute you, you fall off of that, it, it's really hard to get it back going again. Um, and, I, and I think that's a, a good takeaway, uh, you know, in this conversation, recognizing how long it does take to really form a habit or behavior. And, and for an organization, uh, that, that time frame is even greater because it starts with, you know, whoever's in charge, uh, you know, s- d- uh, disseminating that communication out or giving that direction. And then for that direction to get to, to all levels of the organization and then for them to be able to, to act on it, for them to be able to be good at it and for them to be able to, to build it into uh, a culture, uh, does take time. Uh, Corey, you're, you know, I, I'm going to just say it. You're kind of the resident expert on, um, just, you know, the power of, of routine and habits and, and how important that is for setting yourself up for success each and every day. Um, so for you, uh, you know, the, the habit or routine guru, uh, that I, see you as, uh, what, 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 what do you think? Like, how long does it take to, to really establish a, a behavior that, that you want to, to keep consistent? Uh, yeah. So the exact time is 21 days, eight hours and 37 minutes. Uh, there it is. <laughs> I told you he was the guru. <laughs> hey, and actually, Steven, quick question. Are those, uh, eggs that you're eating, are they from free range chickens and organic? <laughs> no, they're not. They are the oh. biggest eggs for the lowest cost I could find. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You animal. Uh, yeah. So habits, um, yeah, like Steven said, it really it depends on what you're trying to change. It also depends on how long you've been doing a certain habit. And I, I think with regards to time as well, we can look at habits as being healthy or unhealthy for us uh, and whatever that might mean for you. But it's not just on an individual level. It's on a, a, a corporate level, business level as well. And the, the interesting thing is that the unhealthy habits, we actually pick up on those much quicker than we do the healthier habits or the habits that we we need to, to grow and to move forward in life or business. And so that's an interesting tweak on, on the human dynamic as well, is that the, the things that really um, aren't going to move us in the direction that we want to go, we're, we're prone to like fall into those habits much quicker and easier than the things that are going to move us in the right direction. And I think in part, that's because the things that are going to move us in the right direction, uh, they take consistency, like, like we talked about earlier, and they, they've got to be done on a consistent basis and they are, you have to be very intentional about it. And so the, the timeline varies, but, you know, between 20 and 30 days and also depending on the habit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then what about uh, just the reality that we all face where, you know, everything seems important, 
right? And, and this is this is on an individual basis, but I, I see this a lot in organizations. I, I I lived this, where there are just a million priorities, and every day you're given more. And uh, I know this used to to drive uh, the teams that I worked for crazy. Uh, when you know, as as priorities kind of uh, made their way through the organization, from say the CEO to you know, the other leaders or directors, you know, you are kind of, the only thing you can do is like you, you communicate those to your team as well. And so what you think is, hey, I've only communicated these three things today. Uh, You forgot about the, the three things you communicated that are important the day before that and the three things the day before that. And before you know it, your team's completely overwhelmed. Uh, can you guys think of a time where you've been given like a list of priorities or like, okay, hey, here's the things that you guys need to go and do. And then just as you really start making some progress for it, then all of a sudden you get direction to completely change and focus on all, uh, a whole new set of priorities. Yeah, actually. And you know, for me, uh, I- I'm going to go from the perspective of the one that was actually giving the priorities to the team. Uh, It was in the first business that I started a screen printing business and, you know, we would have orders that come in every day. And so I I would give priorities to the crew. This is what needs to be done today. But uh, as a a newer business, other business comes in, other customers come in and, and everybody wants it a rush, right? Everybody wants it yesterday. And so in the beginning I would, I would bend to this. And so I was constantly updating the team with, okay, here's what we have to get done now. Here's what we have to get done now. Okay. Put that off until tomorrow and work on this now. And what, what I found was not only was it, um, sort of putting everybody in a state of, of angst of, and, and, and anxiety, it was really, uh, it, we didn't get anything done any faster because those priorities kept changing, the team had to keep shifting from one focus to another. And so if I would have allowed the team to finish what they were already focusing on and then move to the next thing, um, we could have got things done much quicker, but you know, we, it's that first in first out mentality. Well, first in is first out until that rush order comes in. Then all of a sudden, uh, there's a, that, that wrench in the chain and and it messes things up. And so I realized early on in that business that, okay, I've got to be consistent with the way I'm delivering priorities to the team. And if that means that I have to say no to some of the customers, um, or adjust that, that expected timeline, then that's what I needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. That I've been there. Steven, how about you? Yeah, um, I used to work for uh, city government, and uh, with city government, with or with any kind of government, you know, there's there's a ton of problems in that. But one of the things was that we we had different projects that we were working on, but the the problem was that we weren't really under any specific you know person. And within city government, um, to kind of shorten this, there's a lot of players you know uh, at hand, and they all have their own political motives. They all want you know to do certain things that will make themselves look good. But we were a department that kind of like tried to serve the entire city. But what would happen was we'd 
uh, because we worked with so many different political figures and community figures, like it was just a lot of bending to different people's wills. And so it was really hard to actually get stuff done in, uh, in the community because we would have this project set up and then, you know, uh, one uh, political person would say, hey, I actually want it to be done this way. We were going to change this up and send. So we, you know, put in all the work and try to like, you know, cater to that. But then if it's like a joint function with another political leader, they'll throw in their own requests and say like, hey, actually, we want this instead because I, I need, you know, to show this and do this. And, and even just for simple events and projects, we would end up changing the scope of the project so many times. Times that we wasted so much time and effort trying to cater to you know everybody's wills because everybody wants to make themselves look good and so we we didn't have a it was hard to have a clear vision a clear focus like a consistent way of of doing things because it, basically we were just trying to you know cater to everyone and so for those of you who may wonder uh, why government may seem inept at times, uh, even at the local level, that's why, because everybody wants to make themselves look good. Um, and, and so that's what we kind of had to deal with as a government department of, yeah, just really having inconsistency in terms of how we would run a project. And because of that, we weren't as successful as we could have been. Yeah, man, that's a great example. And I think uh, for, for our listeners, maybe maybe for those of you who might be leading in a larger organization, uh, you know, hearing something like, oh, you, you just have to minimize your priorities really sounds uh, overly simplified because, you know, it, with a large business or organization or maybe in, in government especially, you know, uh, it's too big. There are just so many priorities. And so it's, it's maybe... It, maybe it feels unrealistic to say like, oh, well, I'm only going to minimize it to say three uh, priorities, for example. And and I get that. Um, but here's what I would challenge you with. Um, while there may be uh, different priorities at different times, I think uh, when we're talking about consistency and uh, or the inconsistency that, that can really weaken your organization. Uh, it is about uh, a consistency in how you do things and how you communicate and when. Uh, I think frequency is really important. And if there are some clear guiding principles for the decision makers and the, uh, the folks actually carrying out you know, the direction in the, itself, uh, if those, if that's clear, and there's an understanding of why it is we do what we do, and when we need to make changes, uh, here's the reasons why we make those changes. You'll you'll start to see that that making the change doesn't is have such a, a significant impact, um, and it's not necessarily seen as cons, uh, as inconsistent, but uh, consistent with what that vision or that ultimate objective is that Stephen talked about. So that's good, guys. Uh, look, I got I got another question for you though. As I'm thinking about this, um, c- consistency and inconsistency happen a lot of different ways. Maybe it's tons of different communication. Uh, maybe it's you know multiple priorities or multiple focuses, and nobody knows what to really focus on. Sometimes though. Uh, it happens just purely at the leadership level where, you know, a leader says like, hey, this is what we're going to do or this is how we do things. And then that leader, you know, starts to do things a little bit differently or, or maybe contradicts that. 
I've seen this happen, and I'll have to admit I've been guilty of it myself. And it's it's not always intentional. I think a lot of times, um, you know, I don't I don't I don't think a leader is is purposely trying to uh, you know contradict what they say. But I think we have a tendency to get kind of reactionary, and uh, you know uh, something urgent comes up, and then all of a sudden we have to step out of the guiding principles that we've established. Can you guys think of a time that either you yourselves as leaders or maybe you've been around another leader that has, you know, done one thing or said one thing and then done another? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, even I my, myself of, as a leader have, have done this. So when I first started uh, one of my organizations, um, Intrinsic, which uh, helps, uh, helps other people around the world out of poverty, I had a small group of volunteers and interns that I would start with. And, and we were a brand new company. And I was also brand new to kind of like the, the marketing world as well, to you know the social good kind of industry. And so I was learning all these different things. And throughout the course of a, a semester, I I think what what some of my uh, team found really frustrating was that I was, you know, constantly changing our strategy as I realized some things worked, some things didn't work. And so um, I would, you know, give them a plan for like the semester. And then like, you know, a month or two later, I'd say like, okay, we're going to, we're going to change strategy, shift strategies, and we're going to do this instead. And, and maybe sometimes I'd have them work on stuff that we never really fully, you know, developed. And, and I, I know that was frustrating for them. And so what I would kind of say, I could have done differently or could have helped with is I, I think giving them a little bit of clarity on the expectation. Like even if, if things are, you know, maybe unstable or maybe things are going to be changing, let them know that. So for example, um, what I started doing after that was saying like, Hey, we're going to try this strategy for the next you know month or for the next two months. And then we're going to reevaluate and see if it's working or not and see what we have to change. And we're going to, you know, meet about that. And so that really helped them a lot more because they knew like, okay, for a given time frame, like this is what I'm going to do on a regular basis. And we're not going to divert from that. Um, even if things go south or things aren't working because of it, because we're going to stick with this plan, knowing that we're going to evaluate. So even if there's, you know, failures or whatnot, we know it's for the purpose of evaluation. So, so I can rely on that. And then when I, when that time frame ends, I actually know, and their team knows like, Hey, we're going to evaluate. And if it's not working, then we're going to shift gears. We're going to add other priorities in, you know, and I think just giving people some kind of expectation helps as opposed to like, you know, just coming in out of the blue and saying, hey, we're going to change this and work on something else instead, especially if they're like just starting or if they're right in the middle of something. I mean, yeah, it can be really just demotivating um, to, to have to like shift gear so quickly. Yeah. And Corey used a term earlier. He was talking about the minions. And uh, I think one of the things that a lot of a lot of leaders have started to figure out, uh, but not as many leaders as as need to. Um, that the, this sort of era of just having minions, you know, or the factory worker, like those 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 times are long gone. And uh, you know, your your team, regardless of what kind of organization you have, anybody that's part of your team, uh, they want to be in the know. They want to feel connected to what's happening. They want to be informed, uh, and they want to be committed to it. And, and Stephen, everything you just mentioned, man, is is a great example of how when there's constant shifts and and even the communication itself isn't consistent, that that can really damage that culture that you're looking to achieve. That's good. Uh, hey, Corey, how about you, man? Have you, can you think of a time where 
you know, either you yourself as a leader, or maybe you've been around another leader that, you know, have said like, Hey, here's one thing. And then, and then done a, a something different. Uh, absolutely. Of, of course. Uh, never personally, but always experience from others. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Just right. kidding. I, I won't talk about other people. Let's, let's talk about myself. Uh, yeah. You know, we, everybody that's been in a leadership position has done this to, to one extent or another. And, and I think for me anyway, it was, it was sort of, okay, here is, here's the plan. It looks good on paper. It pencils out. It seems to make sense. So let's communicate it to the team and put it into execution mode. But then you step into reality and, and as you're going through the process, you know, the, the unknown things pop up and then sort of the, all of the pressure that builds up. So all of these things are reality. Um, they're, they're forces that press upon us and, and, and really try and divert us from that plan that was on paper. And as leaders, I, I think more often, like you said, Tim, more often than not, we're not necessarily aware that we're uh, diverting from that plan. And, and so this brings up another really point or, or um, uh, element to this. And that's that as leaders, uh, like you said, Tim, we don't, there aren't minions. That era is long gone. Everybody is a team member and communication is so important. And, and that means that your team needs to be able to talk to you. They need to be able to, to come to you and point out, hey, look at this is what's been communicated. And it's really not, not the way that you're leading the team. It's not what you're doing. And, and as leaders, we have to have an open door policy where people can come and approach us and tell us that because that's the only way that we're going to know. Otherwise we're going to live the, in this duplicity of saying we need to act one way and yet we're doing something different. So it's important communication on, on many levels, but, but one of them is that people can come to us and be honest and open with us. Man, that's good. Yeah, look, inconsistency, it, it leads to mistrust in, in a lot of ways. Uh, it absolutely leads to a lack of engagement um, by the team. And ultimately, it leads to poor results, too. Um, and, and I think these are, these are all really good examples, you guys, of, of ways that you've experienced that yourself. And, uh, you know, and I, I've shared a little bit, too, about how I've seen that take place. And I think it's so important that we, we recognize that inconsistency truly is that kryptonite. It's that, that weak point of every organization. But it doesn't have to be that way. And I think there are definitely, um, you know, just some really great ways to ensure that you're, you're being consistent, uh, for your team. And that's having a, a good strategy or a good plan, um, up front. So starting with the good plan and, and not just sort of shooting from the hip. And that's, that's often what leads to this. And then Corey mentioned another, uh, really great tactic and that's that your team, not only wants to, to know and to hear from their leaders, but they also want to participate and they have some great things to share. And so they, you want to be able to listen to your team as well. And that can, can really help you uh, sort of avoid some of the pitfalls of inconsistency. So uh, look, Superman right? He gets, he's, when he's around inconsistency, man, he just, he starts to fall apart. Like even, even the weakest villain can beat up uh, on, on Superman. And we don't want to see our organizations do that. Consistency on the other hand, builds momentum and it builds engagement. Uh, consistency will help our teams really establish focus and really uh, d uh, build up sustained results. And, 
I think the last thing I, I want to just sort of leave us with as a takeaway here is that that team culture is is so vital for an organization's success and and it's also the leader's most important capital uh, because consistency promotes trust it promotes creativity and it promotes forward movement and so we got to make sure that as leaders we are leading consistently and and not allowing uh, inconsistency to creep in and weaken our teams our organization so good stuff guys good good stuff hey tim yeah so, so one other point that, that I just want to throw out there is, is also, look, consistency doesn't mean that we can't adapt That's right. or make change, right? So I just wanted to throw that out. It doesn't, consistency doesn't mean that we're locked in a box. No, that's a great point, man. Like, in fact, like it's, it's not necessary. it's not even at all, uh, sort of the opposite of change. Uh, consistency actually equips you to, to be able to move through changes and adapt uh, when necessary in the smoothest way, I think. So, yeah, right. absolutely. No, that's a, that's a great call out. Now we're going to move into uh, the, the next segment of our show, which is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, so today the good is that consistency can completely change your team dynamic. And so if you are um, really struggling to get a team behind you and, and moving that team forward, then a good place to start is with consistency. That's awesome. And the bad is um, actually something that Corey uh, said in terms of how when we let um, the urgent dictate our priorities, then it creates a lot of consistency when we're always, you know, changing our priorities based on what's uh, happening right now, and it's and we don't actually get as much done or as successful as we think we would be. Yeah, well said. And the ugly, uh, it's definitely the fact that Steven tends to be more inspired by the villains on TV and how they make breakfast for themselves uh, more than, you know, maybe the heroes of TV. But I guess, like Corey said, it is pretty consistent with, uh, you know, the fact that there's this sort of peeking the brain element to Steven Ma that, uh, you know, we haven't quite figured out yet but i'm sure we'll we'll definitely learn more about as we continue (laughs) free range chickens too man yep absolutely gosh man come on at least do it right all right well hey thank you guys so much for uh spending time with us on this episode uh as always this is tim bartlett i was Corey damon and i am steven ma all right that was element eight kryptonite Ah, consistency. It can be so difficult to be consistent at times, yet it is so important not only for us, but for the teams that we lead and the people that we are around. Again, you can find the show notes for this episode by going to thechangeelement.com slash 008. And lastly, if you thought this episode was dynamite, then do us a favor, go to iTunes and leave us a review. That's so important for us to be able to get this podcast out to the masses and we need your help. Thank you so much. And until next time, let's ignite and transform humanity. (laughs) 